Hey, I'm Jason Gray, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Rick Lee James, your host here at episode number 17 of Voices in My Head. Today, I am thrilled to be welcoming my guest, Jason Gray, great singer-songwriter. And last year, his song, More Like Fallin' in Love, was the number four most played song in the nation on Christian radio. So we're going to start out today in a little bit different way by hearing that song, More Like Fallin' in Love. Just, I dare you to try not to sing along. Jason Gray, my guest today here on the show, and I'm going to be playing an interview that I did with him last week. 
great guy and was really wonderful to have him on the show. Quickly before I do, I want to share with you a uh, kind of funny story that literally happened to me an hour ago. Um, we've had a lot of wind here in Springfield, Ohio, and I was up on my roof because the gutters were full and I was trying to take the leaves out. While I was up on the roof by myself, nobody else at home, no phone in my pocket, um, the wind started blowing and my ladder blew over and I was stuck on top of the roof. And I thought, no problem, I'll call my wife or someone close because my wife was is a teacher and she was at work. Well, like I said, I didn't realize I didn't have my phone with me in my pocket. I was bundled up, it was windy, blowing. I ended up being trapped on the roof for, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half, two hours. But my iPod saved my life because I was able to send an email out through my iPod and uh, get some help. And then just before help arrived, I was actually... Uh, in a very action star style, jumped over to a tree and climbed down the tree because I didn't know if anybody had actually received my message. Um, it didn't really look like an action star, though. I was more like cowering, and I have kind of a problem with heights, so I'm sure if they would have had that uh, on video, it would be a YouTube video right now. So instead of more like falling in love, it would have been more like falling off the house. But uh, anyway, just wanted to share that funny story with you because, hey, it's my show. I can do that. Well, Jason Gray's song, More Like Fallen in Love, is very special to me for multiple reasons, but my wife and I actually kind of think of that as our song, and I know it's a song about the love of God, um, but we were listening to that the first time we told each other, I love you, so that's kind of our song, one of a, a few songs that we have together. So it was, I was just thrilled to be able to have Jason on the show and be able to talk to him, uh, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. Um, I don't have time this week, actually, to do Question of the Week um, at the time of recording recording this. I'm just about to head out on the road. I have a concert um, in Kentucky, and then I'm heading down to Nashville for a couple days. So um, sorry about that. Question of the week. I promise we'll get back to it next week. We do have a question of the week, and I'm just going to let Jason answer it. But we had such a good conversation, and I don't want to cut any of it off. So let me just say this quickly as we go into it. Um, on September 7th at the Clifton Opera House in Clifton, Ohio, 7.30 p.m., for $7, I'm going to be playing a live concert, and it's going to be recorded for a live album, a brand new album, a brand new song. So I want you to, if you are interested, put that on your calendar on September 7th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, and you can find out about other appearances I have at rickleejames.com. Just go to that website, and you'll find more information than you ever wanted to know about me and my ministry and what I do. Uh, also, there are still some slots open. Obviously, this week we don't have a sponsor but there are sponsorship opportunities, and there's no set amount, but you can go to my website and find the tip jar and sponsorship uh, link on the website. And uh, there are some costs involved with this, and I'm not making any money off the podcast. Matter of fact, I'm losing money because of the money that it costs to put things in. But if you're enjoying the show and would like to just, you know, if every listener gave a dollar, um, that would be great. And if you want to make it a sponsorship thing, if you even want to make it a special message to someone you love or a friend, we can work it out like that. There's details on the website about that. You've heard enough from me. What we're going to do is we're going to listen to another song by Jason Gray and go straight into the podcast. This is my favorite Jason Gray song, The Golden Boy and the Prodigal, and I know you're going to love what Jason has to say today. Oh, by the way, before I forget, Mother's Day, if you live in Springfield, Ohio, or in the area, on Mother's Day, I believe it's at 6 o'clock p.m., I'll have to double-check that uh, for sure, but at Southgate Baptist, Jason Gray, Aaron Schust, and down here, $15, you can get tickets, and uh, it's going to be a great concert. I'm going to be there. Come out and say hi. Maybe we'll even do kind of a short little podcast interview uh, on the spot. Uh, anyway, going to start the interview now with Jason Gray by introing it with his song, the Golden Boy and the Prodigal. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. There are two sides to every person Like the two sides of a dime Head to tails, it depends upon Who's watching at the time Though I hate to say it Mine is no exception One part is the prodigal The other part deception Like the prince and the pauper 
Today went into full-time music ministry in 1999 as an independent artist. In 2003, he was honored as one of 10 outstanding young Minnesotans by the Minnesota Junior Chamber for his volunteerism, civic leadership, and humanitarian work with World Vision's Hope Initiative, which addresses the needs of children orphaned by AIDS in Africa and other third world countries. He's been to Africa in 2003 and 2006 and is well known as is as well known for his advocacy of AIDS orphans as he is for his music. He released four independent records before signing with Centricity Music in 2006 and is still putting out great records with them to the present. Christianity Today has called him one of Christian music's best-kept secrets. He's collaborated with past Voices in My Head podcast guests such as Sarah Groves and Andrew Peterson and many other amazing artists. And last but not least, he's coming to my city of Springfield, Ohio with Down Here and Aaron Schust on May 13th. My guest today is none other than Jason Gray. Jason, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Rick. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, well, uh, I know that you're in California right now, and so that your time is a little bit off, so I really do appreciate yeah. you making the time to be here today. And uh, just at the top, I uh, I wanted to uh, to address something, just in case listeners don't know, and 
since this is an audio podcast, um, you have actually something in your life that has been a bit of an obstacle for you that you've been able to overcome and been able to use, and that, of course, is you were a youth pastor. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I was a youth pastor, too. Uh, <laughs> There's but, a lot of truth in that, actually. Yeah. But, no, actually, uh, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about um, the, the speech impediment that you've dealt with through the years and, and how God has used that. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've got a, a speech impediment um, known as... as Stuttering, there it is, right there. Which um, seems like it would be. Uh, I mean, uh, it seems you know unlikely that I would have a career where I'm on the microphone all the time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and 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 communicating with people and stuff. But um, and it was uh, it was complicated. As I was growing up, you know, and as I began to be aware, uh, you know, of God's calling on my life, and I used to argue with him about it, saying, well, Lord, you know, you can't make me your spokesperson until I make it so I can, I can speak, you know, and I'm not sure if you've ever had that experience or not, but when you tell God that he can't do something, it's like a dare that he can't resist, right? So... Hi, that's why I do what I do now because I lost the dear the Lord, you know. But um, I, you know, I, 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 I used to be very, uh, very anxious over it, and uh, was uh, afraid that it would hinder the, the test of what I, what I hoped God might do in my life, you know. And have been so grateful to discover that uh, the opposite is true, that it's actually this, this great blessing because it's this opportunity. It buys me the opportunity to talk with my audience uh, who, I mean, most everybody I meet, we are afraid and anxious and ashamed of our weaknesses, our brokenness, you know. And uh, This gives me the opportunity to speak into that and, 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 and to be a reminder and be reminded you know, that that, uh, that God's Word tells us that it's in our weakness that His strength is perfected. Mm. And that uh, He calls us not in spite of our weaknesses, but I believe He calls us because of them, because I think He gets His best work accomplished through our weakness, you know. Um, like, I, 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 I meet impressive people all the time, and I'm I'm usually impressed by their impressiveness, you know, but when I meet, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know? Yeah, sure. But when I meet weak, broken, imperfect people, I get to be impressed by God's grace at work in and through their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that he loves to use unlikely, imperfect, weak people because he gets to show off a little bit. You know, he gets the most glory that way. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah. And, and and the great thing about uh, a speech handicap is <clears throat> it uh, seems like a bigger deal than it is, you know. And it's uh, a very uh, simple, clear thing that I'm, you know, that an audience understands in the moment, you know, that that okay, wow, this guy has a hard time speaking, but he's on a microphone, so he's overcome that, and, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really the least of my weaknesses, and it's the least of the weaknesses that I want to talk about with an audience, you know, but it's a very safe weakness to talk about, you know, so <laughs> sure. it's a great entry point into the conversation where we're hopefully uh, we'll dig deeper and uh, talk about, about shame and, and fear and addiction and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, so it feels like a gift. I mean, it's, it's hard to order a pizza over the phone, but, uh, <laughs> but it buys me, uh, a path into these intimate places in people's lives, you know, of weakness. Sure. 
Well, I'm very grateful that uh, that you know you use that as part of your story. Um, matter of fact, I'm I'm interested because I've as I was looking kind of over uh, some things that I read about you online, um, I thought, man, there's some similarities uh, between Jason and I because um, oh. not not only was I a youth pastor for six years and then about four years ago started pursuing music full time, um, but I also I had a, a speech impediment when I was growing up that. Was was oh, wow. not, not quite as extreme as yours, but I had this really bad lisp, and uh, like when, whenever I would talk, it was just always like that whenever I would speak, and uh, yeah. so I had to do a lot of speech therapy and things like that, yeah. and uh, thankfully it doesn't bother me as much anymore, but I, I find that I still have to, to work to make sure I pronounce things correctly, so. Let's yeah. uh, come up with these words, too, I mean, like, uh Better with the S and and the and the T right next to each other. I mean that's that's one of the hardest words for a, a stutter to say. And then lift. Come on, that's mean. <laughs> I want to meet this guy. He's coming up with these words and uh, have a little talk with him. But I can't. Because I'm a Christian, so I got to pray for him instead. Oh shoot! But anyway, that's right. So. Well, um, one thing that we do every week here on the podcast is um, I always put out a question of the week on my Facebook page for the for the Voices in My Head podcast, and yeah. uh, we actually the question of the week, which is answered by fans every week, I always ask my guest as well. And this one is actually because we knew you would be coming on the show this week, and I know that your album is called Everything Sad Is Is Coming Untrue, the, your, your not most recent yeah. album, but the one before, yeah. and that comes from a reference from the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. So the question of the week for this week, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is who is your favorite character in the Lord of the Rings? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good question. Um... Who is my favorite character? Uh, you know, it's hard to not be uh, be um, impressed with Gandalf. I mean, he's just he's so rock and roll. You know, yeah. he's, he's just great. Uh, and I love Aragorn, especially the way Stephen Mortensen portrayed him in the movies as. Uh, a person, uh, you know, uh, unsure of his own identity, you know, and, and that's fun, uh, to become, uh, the man that he's meant to be, you know, and he's unsure if he's up to the task. I mean, uh, I'm so grateful that J.R.R. Tolkien gave us such real human characters. Like that, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but I think over the years, uh, my favorite, uh, you know, who who has emerged as my favorite character would have to be Samwise, mm. who um, my take on it is uh, that uh, the story is, is really about him. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, he's he's kind of the one who takes the ring, you know, uh, and, 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 uh, and, uh, goes along with what we were talking about earlier, you know, that it's, uh, it's, um, the weak among us, right? I mean, he's kind of the weakest, the weakest character that's the simplest character. Sure. And, uh, um, and it's through him that this amazing strength and, initiative is uh, is expressed and if I mean man, if it weren't for him you know it wouldn't happen so yeah um, there'd, yeah. there'd be no story if he hadn't uh, hadn't carried Frodo when Frodo couldn't yeah. it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a very interesting as I was just rereading those books again recently I, I think his character really stood out in my mind as well so uh, great yeah, I choice think, I, I think he's a real hero Hero of the story, and, and, and this is another uh, example of, of uh, you know how how, how uh, J.R.R. Tolkien 
so beautifully weaved the gospel mm. into his book, you know, that, uh, that it's the, <laughs> the weakest character who, who, who is known to be, to be the hero, you know, I just, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I I love that about that too because it reminds me so much of uh, just it really does. It reminds me of how Christ calls us, and and as you said before, that you know it's not it's not because of how adequate we are for the job. It's often yeah. because of how inadequate we are that God will choose us and will actually use yeah. His strength and our weakness. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing in all of those stories that we have. Yeah, so. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, um, I I am very glad that you write about brokenness because I I really feel like that really the church, but not just people in the church outside as well, but especially those of us that are in the church. There's almost a stigma sometimes that you know we have to look a certain way and act a certain way and and uh, almost almost tend to be fake when we come into the house of the Lord. And one thing that I love about your writing. And I'm going to point specifically to one song that just comes to my mind is The Golden Boy and the Prodigal, which you describe in in such beautiful ways. Ever since I heard that a couple years ago, I think it's still probably my favorite song. And I just tell people constantly, this song does such a great job of talking about the dualism. And it it actually, it makes me squirm, you know, in a good way, because every time I hear it, I think, oh, bye, he's singing about me again, you know? Yeah, wow. Uh, but yeah, your your new album also has has some great music on it and expresses you know again some of these things and these issues of brokenness and the way that God uses them in the midst. And uh, I wonder if you could maybe just tell us a little bit about the process that went into your newest album. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, like with with what you're just talking about about brokenness. <clears throat> I, I I think that um, I think it's it happens in the church. I think we notice it the most in the church because it clearly isn't supposed to be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But uh, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's human nature for us just to hide. You know, and we are. Uh, ashamed of our weakness, we are embarrassed by it, we live in uh, a culture that uh, that champions uh, Darwinian ideals, you know, uh, you know, survival of the fittest, and, uh, you know, we don't, we learn in junior high that if, uh, if we allow anybody to see our weakness it's going to be exploited you know will be uh, you know um, people are cruel (laughs) with our uh, with our broken places often you know so we're embarrassed about these things and we we learn uh, we learn early on how to hide it and and then uh, we do the same thing in the church it gets weird in the church too because um we uh we fall into this 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 thing that is the opposite of the gospel the opposite of the gospel you know where we measure uh our spirituality by all these uh external indicators you know behavior mm-hmm. we make we make uh christianity about behavior modification you know and, and uh, what we do or just don't do, and we use words like, you know, fruit. What's the fruit in your life? <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And, sure. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, mentor, he, he told me this year that uh, that uh, I need to become more acquainted with failure. Hmm. And. I could spend some time unpacking that, but I think I'll just allow that to hang there. And uh, because I had to wrestle with it for months to understand what that means, you know, to become more acquainted with failure, hmm. knowing that that's that's where God meets with us. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, and, 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 and it's remarkable to me, like, when we read the Beatitudes, and Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, the meek of those who mourn, the brokenhearted, they will receive their comfort. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Perhaps because they don't have any of, of, of their own to fall back on, you know, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have their own righteousness because mm-hmm. they're like the person who struggles with that same sin over and over and over again, you know, and, and they hate themselves for it, and so they hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, those who look in the mirror and see how much mercy they need, and so hopefully they're willing to give it to others, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, here we have Jesus describing uh, who is blessed, and we uh, we live in a culture and a church of culture where we don't want to be any of the things on that list. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, uh, we, we don't want that. We want victorious life. We want. We want to look like we don't need Jesus. Yeah. You know, mm. and uh, and 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 if we don't, because by the way, we can't. I mean, yeah. I mean, do we realize what an uh, what an insult that is to Jesus hmm. to try to, you know, <laughs> uh, to, you know, with the, with the amount of, of um, energy we give to trying to appear as if we don't need him, you know. And I, and I love how you phrase that in, again, going back to the golden boy and the prodigal, when, when you say, take a good look in the mirror and tell me who you see, the one who Jesus died for or the one you'd like to be. And, yeah. uh, wow, what a beautiful way of, of saying that. And yet it's, it's so haunting, too, because I know that, um, you know, it, it's, it's the universal song. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that we all do. And, uh, we, you know, I think in those places when we think we don't need Christ, that's when we need him the most. It, it kind of reminds yeah. me of a, a story I heard. It's, I don't know whether there's truth to it or not, but there was a um, a man that was cast out of the church, and he wasn't allowed to come back in. And and uh, as the story goes, um, he, he was crying out on the corner, and God spoke to him because he said, Why are you crying? He said, Because they won't let me back in the church. And God says to him, Well, uh, they don't let me in either. <laughs> So, and uh, it's very interesting the way that that you bring that out in your songs. Um, can can I ask you about another one that's on the same topic? And this is actually yeah. on on your new album, and yeah, it's good. it's called uh, "Without Running Away." And oh yeah. Wow. The line that really stands out to me on that song is. Jesus is speaking, but it's so hard to hear when disciples with swords are cutting off ears. And, um, you know, I just, I think about that word, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, too, obviously being the songwriter. But we have all these words in the scripture that are telling us not to fear. And there must be something quite frightening about God, too, because every time he shows up on the scene, somebody's scared. (laughs) But at the same time, we're we're called to live this life of fearlessness, and I'd love to hear a little bit more from you about that. Yeah, you know, uh, like uh, on uh, each of my albums, I try to reserve a spot for a a certain kind of song that I write, you know, where... um, like Leonard uh, Cohen, um, who wrote, uh, you know, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. One of my favorites. Yeah, amazing song. Amazing songwriter. He said that, uh, uh, he talked about how um, the ancient Israelites were, uh, were called to build altars of unhewn stone. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, untouched by the craftsman, you know, and he uh, he tells us that that you know that the that as songwriters we should allow uh, some songs to be like that too. That we should um, build them as uh, as altars of of unhewn stone and not 
not craft them too much, you know, and just kind of allow them to be what they are in the moment that they came, you know. So um, on my last record, uh, when I did that, uh, the song was The Golden Boy and the Prodigal, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, there's no there's no uh, a chorus, there's no, um, like, real hook. Melodically, it's kind of all over the place, you know. It's, 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 it's not crafted, it's just kind of uh, an overflow of a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, on the new album, without finding a way is that song. Hmm. Uh, I wrote that in about 25 minutes. Wow. And uh, just kind of just kind of came out, and I didn't I didn't question it. I didn't ask. You know, well, I like the line that you just talked about. You know, when that came out, I was like. What does that mean? You know, <laughs> but I, I kept going because I was, I was confident that it, you know, it, it, it was meaningful, even if I didn't understand exactly hmm. the context of it. And and the whole song, which which uh, kind of began as um, a moment of of you know, uh, it, it, it you know, it, 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 it's about a, a suicidal moment. Hmm what the song's about, you know. Um, at least, I think that's what it's about. That's what it started out as, you know. Sure. And then all these other things kind of expressed themselves. And um, and I think it was about, uh, it was about a year after I wrote it that I, I had an idea of what it all meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so... Uh, and that's not always the case. Like I don't mean to be all like mystical and all that kind of stuff, but but, yeah. but that does happen every once in a while, you know. But like it began with um, I spent some days looking for a length of rope and a place to hang it from the end of my hope. Hmm. That's it's, it's a dark dark song. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then into the part that you talked about, you know, and. Um, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure, like, like, I, I know what it means to me in my story, you know, uh, a part of my, uh, part of my hopelessness and my, you know, uh, of my pain comes from, uh, the way that, um, when Jesus has been misrepresented by the church and by myself too, like, like, um, the ways that I've uh, willfully misinterpreted him. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think that that's what part of that is about. You know, but, because, um, man, okay, I won't tell you where, but I was at a, a church recently uh, where, um, and it was, it, was all, it was all prosperity doctrine, you know, Sure, and and I was just uh, I was just aware of, of 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 what a what a hiding place this was, you know. Um, we will make the church, uh, we will make Christianity into a place where where we hide from Christ because He wants to make us free, and we're terrified of freedom. You hmm. know, freedom is terrifying. Healing. It's terrifying, you know. Like, I, like I'm, 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 I'm working on a new song for a Christmas record, and there's a lyric that I wrote that I think will be on there. But it, it, like, it asks, uh, "Am I so afraid to feel the wound that I've come to fear the healing too?" You know, hmm. right? And uh, I, you know, I think, uh, I think we're all hiding from Jesus, hmm. and. Uh, and church becomes a very effective hiding place. Yeah, it's very true. Well, and, and immediately, whenever I first heard those lyrics that you wrote, that especially the line that says, um, you know, when disciples with swords are cutting off ears, 
my initial reaction was to think of like somebody like Fred Phelps and the church that you know is oh, so yeah. about God hates fags and things. But then to stop and realize, you know what? I've done my fair share of ear lopping myself. You know, yeah. and when and when I talk about you know being so Christ-like or wanting to be like him, how many people have I in the process hurt because I've so poorly mis poorly uh, represented Christ in my life? Yeah. So. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, me too, man. So how how is it, by the way? This is probably an awkward transition, but you mentioned your Christmas album. And uh, I think you – are you finished uh, with the writing process of that? Because I think you were doing that earlier this year. Man, I, uh, I've i never had a more difficult time making a record <laughs> than I have with this Christmas record. <laughs> and uh, just, uh, you know, I was supposed to start recording – in late March, I only had one song done, wow. <laughs> and then uh, we uh, we went into the studio the first week in April. By that time, I had like two of the songs done, and, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should. If this means I should, you know, if I shouldn't do the Christmas record, is that why? Why you know?" The Lord hasn't helped me because I've, I've been I've been working hard. I've sat before the Lord. I've I've prayed. I've I've, I've put the hours in. You know, working on these songs, and they've just resisted me. You know, so does this mean that I'm, I'm not supposed to do it? Does this mean that I'm supposed to supposed to trust? You know, it, 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 like it's all a head game. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I've made. I've made some headway. I'm, 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 I'm still just really uncomfortably not close to having the songs done. You know, mm. we're supposed to go wrap it up in mid-May, and I'm, I'm uh, every spare moment I'm working on these songs, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's 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 a source of great stress for mm. me. <laughs> wow. um, uh, but uh, you know, it, it, it's. Um, but it all means something too. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out over all this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And feeling like I don't have enough, and I'm not enough, and all these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there seems to be a parallel in my mind to, you know, that that's how a lot of people experience Christmas too. You know, mm-hmm. Christmas comes, and rather than it being a season of, of wonder and peace and joy, we're all we're all harried and stressed out. Mm-hmm like you don't have enough money and all that kind of stuff and uh, I wanted to make a record that that spoke to that you know and then mm-hmm. and then I realized oh my goodness I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of that and that's exactly you know so I don't know what that means or what I'm supposed to do about it but I'm I'm, I'm finding my way sure. um, but the uh, the album that I wanted to make was I wanted to do a song about about each of the uh, each of the characters, you know, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and have it be about like each of their stories all the way through. So, uh, so that's what I'm doing. Like, like um, with with Chikosis, um what I did is uh, have a song about him uh, that's between the moment when she breaks the news to him that she's pregnant. Hmm. It's not his baby. Uh, between that moment and the moment when the angel comes and says, hey man, it's okay, the Lord is in this, you know. Um, because he had to have felt betrayed mm-hmm. and deeply wounded and hurt and like she was crazy <laughs> and pain. You know, we don't do well with pain as human beings. Uh, we usually turn it into something else because we just can't handle pain. We have a a low th- threshold, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so usually it turns to anger, hmm. and then anger usually turns to vengeance, you know. And it was within Joseph's power to to you know have her stoned or at least um, publicly humiliate her, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and instead. We see a man who uh, who works through the process of forgiveness. He does the work of forgiveness. 
and and we are told that he decides to dismiss her quietly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it was after that moment that the angel comes and assures him. And I just think it's so beautiful, you know. Um, I uh, I imagine that uh, that that in that moment um, Joseph is being proven, you know. Sure. And that uh, in that moment, like like the end of the song goes, um, "Blessed Joseph, your heart is proven. Through you, the kingdom has come." For God delights in a man of mercy and has found an earthly father for his son. Hmm. And I think, you know, that, that this is exactly the kind of man that God would want to entrust hmm. his son to as an earthly father. A man who, who takes it and does the work of forgiveness, you know. Amen. So, but, they, you know, so the song about I mean, like, the whole song is about what it feels like as a man betrayed by by a woman who has said, you know, I'm pregnant and the baby's not yours. Yeah. So it's a pretty heavy song, you know. It's like, okay, uh, I've been betrayed by a woman who's having someone else's baby. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of hard to to shave all of that into a Christmas album that's not going to, you know. <laughs> I still want people to play it at Christmas time. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> you know? And there's something about, uh, you know, writing Christmas music. A buddy of mine and I last year got together and wrote a Christmas song, and it just seemed like it took us, uh, you know, just months to do this one song together. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and and thankfully, I mean, it's it's one of the few Christmas songs I've ever written, and it looks like possibly Lifeway is interested in using it. And oh, I, I, was, nice. I was like, well, that's kind of cool, but, man, we really worked hard on that. I thought to do a whole yeah. album, and, and especially when you're – there's something about being in the Christmas season, too, and I feel like every year at Christmas time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to write my Christmas album now, and then Christmas leaves. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's just hard to get back in the mood, but yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah. it is it is such a scandalous story, and it sounds yeah. like you're really trying to capture that in such a, a cool way. So I'm looking forward to hearing, um, you know, whatever your progress is, whenever it comes out, I'm sure it's going to be worth the wait. I hope so. I hope so, man. You can pray for me. <laughs> I I will, and and listeners, you can pray for Jason as well too, as he's in that process, because it it can be difficult. I I always say uh, about songwriting that it's about you know on on a normal day, not on the days when they just flow to you, but on a normal day, it feels like it's about ten percent inspiration and and ninety percent perspiration. So <laughs> yeah, or or as you know to um, quote Cohen again. He says that uh, it's two percent inspiration and ninety-eight percent on your knees looking for a word that rhymes with orange. <laughs> That's great, man. Leonard Cohen is one of my heroes. That's great. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Well, I want to be conscious of your time. We're hearing some yeah. really great stuff. Uh, do you have time for a few listener questions? I had some people that yeah, wrote yeah, in. sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to take these uh, straight as they're written here. And uh, Claire Capel is a listener, and she asked, um, "What was your high school experience like? Did you participate in any choirs or bands?" Oh wow! I didn't. I was, um, you know, because because of the speech uh, issue that I had. I, I was uh, I was really really shy and, and um, nervous about that kind of stuff. You know, like I didn't I didn't sing in front of anybody until after high school, and that was when I started playing guitar too. You know, and um, I had kind of tumultuous high school years we were um living with uh with a man who was very uh very abusive and a wicked man you know mm-hmm. um and so we were uh you know we would um like when i was 15 we had to uh leave and kind of 
hide from him for about a month and a half, and then and then came back home, and and then uh, and then in my junior year, we just uh, when he was away uh, away in a uh, business trip, we we packed up everything we had and escaped from him, you know, and stuff. So so there was a lot going on, you know, where like uh, I wasn't involved in a lot of extracurricular things just because we were always managing this drama at home, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, and I was shy too, you know, so like I, I didn't end up doing any kind of music till after high school, hmm, very interesting. but I always loved music. Hmm, very interesting. Well, uh, we have another question, uh, a listener named Laura, and um, she is actually a question, as, as she kind of explained it, I won't read you everything she wrote to me, but she wanted to kind of explain the question a little bit, um, and I, I believe the way that she intended this is it seems like when people are talking about spreading the gospel, some people's method is to just use fear, you know, like there's a fear mm-hmm. of hell or something. And then some people yeah. know that it is nothing but love and, and all that. And so her question yeah. is actually just, what do you think is the most effective way of spreading the gospel? The most effective way of spreading the gospel? Well, I have a growing conviction that what is... Uh, what the Lord uh, is always addressing and speaking to and dealing with is shame. Hmm. Uh, I think, I think that uh, you know, like um, as I wonder about sin, my own sin, and in general, you know, if uh, if I follow it back to its root. In my mind, it always seems to be to be shame, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, not, my song remind me who I am. You know, that's what that song is all about, you know. And um, <clears throat> okay, so uh, in Genesis chapter three, we're told that the first consequence of sin entering the world is that uh, the ground would be cursed and. And we would uh, work the ground, and there'd be uh, weeds and thistles, and it's this idea of futility that no matter what I do, it's never enough. And I think for most of us, we experience the curses. No matter what I do, I'm afraid that I'm never enough. Hmm. And so then I think that we sin in the ways that we try to prove our worth to ourselves. Um, materialism, you know, if I have the right genes, the right car, the right quality things, it'll say something about the quality of who I am. Hmm. Uh, we talk poorly about other people. We judge other people because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Um, pornography, a fantasy world that people escape into in hopes uh, of, of, of feeling wanted and desirable with hmm. no risk of rejection. Workaholism, if I work hard enough and long enough, I can prove to myself that I'm something, you know? Sure. Uh, all of these things are, are, are attempts to prove our worth to ourselves. And uh, because we carry in us this deep sense of shame, even proud, you know, arrogant people, you know, they're, they're, they're compensating, yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. uh, for, for a, a deep, profound insecurity, you know. Um, and and the answer to our shame, this you know this this deep sense of unworthiness, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I recognize that beneath my temptation to sin is a longing to be assured of my worth, then you know I know I know who to take that to. I take that to Jesus, who says, uh, "You are my you know, you are enough because I say so. You are my." beloved, my bride who I love with the passion of a groom, the child who I chose to adopt into my family. See, I have carved your name in the palm of my hand. Hmm. Um, and so uh, what's always at stake, I think, is shame when people act out act out in different ways, you know. Um, so 
uh, I've been thinking a great deal about the story of of the prodigal, you know, sure. and uh, uh, Heller. Um, he talks about how there are uh, there are, there are two modes that humans use to find happiness, and uh, one mode is moral conformity, like okay. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm, uh, 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 it, 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 um, it's being the elder brother, you know. It's you know, uh, look at me, look at how righteous I am, look how I, you know how how upstanding I am. See how good I am. Sure. And then the other mode is is the mode of the younger brother. Uh, which is self-discovery. Hmm. I'm leaving my father's house. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go party it up. I'm going to go. I'm going to go find myself. You know. And uh, there are there are people in my life who who I see doing both. Um, there's a person in my life recently who I see doing the self-discovery mode. You know. Mm-hmm. And my and and I see it, and because I know it, the temptation then is because I I see this, I think that oh I I see this, I discern this. This means the Lord wants me to tell them, hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I don't think that's the truth. That's the Holy Spirit's job, yeah. and um, my discernment is an invitation into the story, but it's not an invitation to go and tell them what I think is wrong with them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And every time I try to do the, the work of, of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's bad, you know? Hmm. So, um, so I see this person going in self-discovery mode and uh, I'm, I'm frustrated by it and uh, it causes me pain and, and I want I want to shake them and make them aware of this, you know, and, and uh, but as I read scripture, as as I wonder what to do about it, I, I read the story, and our job is clear. You know, we are, we are meant to be, to be Christ-like, mm-hmm. and to bring God's heart. What does he do? He gives the boy his inheritance. He blesses him. He lets him go. And then, uh, and then he waits at home to receive receive the boy when when he returns. Hmm. He loves the boy, you know. He doesn't he doesn't correct him. Uh, he doesn't, you know. He, he uh, and that's that's just uh, that's that's the hardest thing to do. And yet, over and over, we see that that's what the Lord does, like. The story of Hosea and Gomer, you know, sure. uh, our own story, you know. Um, so, in answer, I don't think, I don't think we evangelize in the way that we make people afraid of hell, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and I don't think that we evangelize in the ways that we shame people. Or we uh, withhold approval. I know that I've done that. You know, mm-hmm. okay, like uh, like I have a friend who's homosexual, and as I try to figure out, you know, what my theology is on this, you know, like what is my response supposed to be? Clearly, my response is to be to love them un- mm-hmm. unequivocally. Right. You know. And uh, and I have so often uh, withheld love <laughs> hmm. because uh, because I think it's my job to to convict of sin, right? Right. And uh, okay, if I give you my love, then I'm afraid it's going to be uh, it's going to communicate approval. Yeah, it, that's not. I don't think that's our work at all. Our work is simply to love, and when we love, the Lord is present, and the Holy Spirit is there, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict of sin, right? Yes, very true. And uh, so, um, the best way to evangelize is to love people. 
and stop judging. And, um, and, and to realize that we judge people also in the way that we judge ourselves, you know? Like, uh, um, I'm pretty hard on myself, so I have a, a measuring stick that I carry around all the time in my heart, you know, uh, where I'm always measuring my own holiness, my righteousness, you know, because I want to do the right thing. And the problem with that is that when we walk around with a measuring stick, uh, everybody else around us feels measured by it as well, Mm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we just got to abandon that thing. We got to break that stick Mm. and stop measuring ourselves and just live, live in the heart of God, you know? Sure. And, uh, I think that that is, I mean, that's a big question and, and, and there are all kinds of things that I've, I've spoken here that need more clarification, but, you know, uh, generally speaking, I, I think that, uh, that it's love, mm-hmm. uh, because it, 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 it's, it's shame that made Adam and Eve run from God in the garden and hide themselves. Hmm. And that's the same as true now. And the only thing that counters, answers the shame is unconditional love. Hmm. Well, and so that's, uh, I think that's the only thing we can, we can do. That's very well said. I'm uh, good, good stuff that you're sharing with us today, and um, I think especially in the way that we love those that you know. You mentioned uh, homosexuality, and that's that's touched uh, my life in a big way, and friends of mine, and family members of mine, and uh, I always want to be like Christ, and uh, and and to love in the way that we should, and to realize. I love how you put that. That shame drives away, but I think love draws near, and. Um, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> I want to add one more thing. I, sure. I think that uh, I think that where we go wrong a lot of the time is that you know when we think of, of Jesus as love, that doesn't mean unconditional tolerance, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, like uh, uh, if I have a friend who's a drug addict, like I don't, you know, just like, what I mean to say is it's not a spineless kind of a love. Mm-hmm. It's um, because we don't do well with pain, you know, uh, and conflict. If I have a friend who's a drug addict or, 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 or uh, who's having an affair on his wife or something like that. And I know that I have to, and, and I'm angry with him, and I'm hurt by him for doing that, you know. Uh, and it, it causes me pain. Um, one of our our temptations is then, because we don't want to deal with the pain, we just kind of unconditionally accept him and, you know, and and and. and because God is love and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, that can be a way that we uh, we try to escape uh, escape our own our own pain and all of that, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and dodge the tension. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because because the person who was asking this was asking about you know you have people who who use fear, and then you also have people who who are kind of wishy-washy and, and say, you know, everything is love and we accept everything. We don't judge anything. And um, sometimes that can be a way of uh, uh, avoiding avoiding pain, you know, of... of uh, I don't think I'm explaining myself very well, but... Um, <laughs> no, I think you're doing um, a good job. It's good. Uh, it would be, uh, it would, it would, it would be easier for me to throw out the verses that say difficult things about sexuality mm-hmm. and accept people, okay, mm-hmm. for who they are, where they're at. 
it is one of the hardest things ever to not throw out those verses, to love those verses, to uh, to re- receive it as the Word of God, and still accept people where they are, mm-hmm. and still love them unconditionally. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's I think that's the hardest thing to do. You know, and to realize that in that in that tension, those verses aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. You know, so. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, thank you. Um, And actually, in answering that, uh, Zachariah Joseph Hartley had asked about the inspiration to the song, Remind Me Who I Am, and you kind of covered that in that question, too. So we got two birds with one stone. Well, Uh, that's good. Um, now, uh, one one last question, actually, Jeff Pinkleton, who's actually helping to uh, put on your concert on Mother's Day when you're coming to Springfield, Ohio here pretty soon, um, yeah. he he just said to me, he said, uh, just talk to him about the Mother's Day concert, but uh, then, he, then he said after that, he said he wanted to know if you had any fond memories of the last time you were in Springfield or of eating at Ha Ha's Pizza in Yellow Springs. <laughs> I do have good memories of both. <laughs> so it was a great time I remember when I played there was a full house you know mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was a great blessing I just had a blast so I'm yeah. excited to be with you guys again and I remember I, I didn't get to be there because I was actually playing uh, concerts in uh, Alabama oh. the same week you were in Springfield oh wow I thought, well, man, I, I missed him. <laughs> and so this time I actually just got my tickets today to be at the concert, so I'm hoping I'll get oh, cool. to say hello to you while I'm there. So I hope so, too. That's that great. sounds great. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a real treat for me, and I know the listeners have enjoyed, uh, well, what they're going to be hearing when I publish this. Uh, but thank you for calling all the way from California today. Thanks for having me, man. was my guest Jason Gray on Voices in My Head podcast number 17. I am just about to head on the road tomorrow so I gotta go. I can't spend a lot of time talking about much more but uh, I think you can hear Jason's heart not only in his music but just in the words that he has to share and uh, go to Facebook go to Twitter and the email and um, boy I sound like I'm really an old fashioned person. Go to the email Um, it's like saying let's go to the Walmart. We have two in our city but again if you're from the Springfield Ohio area, Dayton, Columbus, any of those areas, he's going to be in Springfield on Mother's Day, and uh, it's going to be a great concert with Aaron Schust down here, and um, and Jason, so yeah, I think that's it, and I'll be there too, so uh, you never know, maybe you can come out and say hi and get a clip on the sound on the podcast, but anyway, gotta go for now, thank you for listening to Voices in My Head, thank you for all your support, uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please go to iTunes, leave me a review, or send me an email, I'd love to hear back from you, and uh, planning on Question of the Week being back next week again, and spending more time reading your answers, just totally ran out of time this week, the podcast went a little bit long, so God bless you you and have a great day and uh, go listen to some Jason Gray music he's a great guy with a great message for the church so um, I guess I'll quit talking now bye you've been listening to Voices in My Head the official podcast of Rick Lee James if you'd like to know more about me my ministry my music my life go to my website at rickleejames.com you can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.